Um, <laughs> well, here we are. Record an intro. Let's just record. We're actually together in the same room. We're sitting side by side. Nick has made another lovely meal. Yeah, thank you. That was delicious. Thank, thank you, you very much. Uh, we've been... Well, I don't want to give the impression that when we get together, all we do is drink and eat. <laughs> you did just make <laughs> me a very lovely margarita. We, but we have been drinking cocktails. Yeah, we have had. <laughs> and uh, it's New Year's Day. It is. It's dry January. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> it's not made a good start, has it? It's, it's been a little wet. Well, moist, shall we say. But now it's serious. That's it. I've had my last drink. So it's dry January. Dry January now. Started already. To be fair, the gin was quite dry. <laughs> Welcome everybody to episode 183 of the Mid-Faith Crisis podcast. My name is Nick Page and uh, now I'm remotely joined. Ah. How lovely. Hello. And hello you, my friend. How lovely to actually be with you over New Year. It was nice, wasn't it? Was it? it was a really moving good. time together. It was fantastic. What a great thing. And, of course, we didn't even tell the listeners that we saw um, a great northern diver and oh, a yeah. scorp on your local yeah. reservoir. I think they probably guessed we had a, quite a few cocktails. and. Uh, <laughs> delicious food i mean you're a great cook make no mistake about it so you know it was was wonderful thank you well i ought to say that there was we did record more (laughs) than that when we were together but uh, it didn't make a lot of sense and it also um it talked about us this episode saying about our themes which we're not going to do this episode (laughs) because we haven't thought of them so all in all it was great to be together but as usual Doing trying to record together in the same room after we've been celebrating is not a great really. It's true. Anyway, here we are and it's good to see you and it's lovely to be back with the dear listeners. Hello. <laughs> Hello, dear listeners, all seventeen of you. Um how how was your Christmas overall? Well, yes. I mean, it was uh, it was quieter, of course, because I didn't have my son. Hey, with one in 15 people currently with COVID, that does mean that technically at least one of our listeners is down with COVID. So if that is you, much love to you. Yeah, yeah. And I if, know a few people who've got a dose at the moment. And for a small donation, we will come round with our healing oil and anoint you. Yes, I'll sell you some bleach <laughs> or something. I think that works. Is that from the Donald Trump School of Healing? Oh, I might talk about that in a moment. Yeah. <laughs> no, Christmas was great. It was, it was, it was quiet. I've eaten a lot. I think it's fair to say I'm not quite the size of a planet, but I think I could be classed as a large asteroid. <laughs> this... <laughs> I've always thought you, you were a complete asteroid, actually. <laughs> Speaking of which, mm. I did watch the uh, film on Netflix, which I hugely enjoyed, called Don't Look Up. Have you heard about this film? Well, you talked about it with us, yeah. Yeah, it's it's oh, I I loved it. So uh, the the premise is about an asteroid hitting the hitting earth and there's nothing new in that but of course that's not actually what the film is about the film is about you know what does it mean to live in an age that doesn't respect or or understand even truth anymore yeah what do you do when you just decide if an expert tells you no I, i'm not going to believe that anymore so it's a commentary yeah. on the pandemic and also american politics or indeed british politics for that matter 
uh, at this time. And it's very thought provoking, very good. I mean, I think these films often don't work with sort of big casts with lots of stars in. But I thought it was fantastic. Evidently, it's been absolutely slammed by critics. Oh, really? Yeah, I know they hate it. But I thought it was excellent. Really worth a watch. Uh, So there. Yeah. So anyway, a marvellous Christmas. And also on that very point, while we're just talking about TV, we loved uh, Mm -hmm. Around the World in 80 Days. Loved that. Okay. Very good with David Tennant. Yeah. How about you? What's going on? Well, I mean, interestingly, on on the same topic that we were just talking about, the Don't Look Up um, topic and and, um, the Bleach reference, I was was listening to a series of podcasts by John Ronson. Uh, And I ought to say we're recording this, I suppose, on January the 6th, which is the anniversary of the uh, Capitol thing or whatever. Well, I think it was the Capitol, wasn't it? They went into... Capital there's a lot, of, yeah. a lot of coverage about all that at the moment and social media. John Ronson's done a series of podcasts. Uh, he's a, a sort of writer. He's a writer. He wrote um, The Psychopath Test, I think, and he oh. wrote Men Who Stare at Goats. He's very, very good, very funny. Right. But he's done a he's done a series of podcasts on um, really how we got to this situation about conspiracy theories and culture mm. wars. Mm. And it's called Things Fell Apart. And it goes right back to the sort of where he sees the roots of these culture wars starting. And by culture wars, he defines it as everything that people shout at each other about on the internet. Mm, really. Okay. okay. And, <laughs> and it's really good, really balanced. Very, he's very careful, yeah. you know, not to be judgmental. The the crushing thing about it is that I've listened to four programs now, mm. and they're all lead back to evangelical Christians. Oh, no. <laughs> in, in, in America, mainly. That's that depressing. Yeah. So he traces one of them right back to sort of Francis Schaeffer and the sort of stuff from the 70s there. Um, right. And so it's fascinating. It's really good, but it's also, oh, flipping heck. It's all, <laughs> yeah. it's all us, you know. Oh, yeah. But, um, so... But I'd really recommend it. I think it's it's really worth listening to. So, so Things yeah. Fell Apart is the podcast. Things Fell Apart. I'll put a link in the show notes. Okay, and, great. Uh, you okay. know, if you're going to listen to another podcast, if you absolutely must, you know, that would be a good one <laughs> to listen to, I think. But anyway, um, how are you? Back to Christmas. Uh, and, yeah, I'm you know, right. how is your yeah. soul? <laughs> it is well with my soul. Good. It's funny you should say that because I noted that down the other day. We sang that hymn at church mm. and I thought, what a great hymn. What a great, what a great phrase mm. to reflect on. It is well with my soul. Yeah, no, it is well with my soul. Although I have to say, you know, it was tough going back to work. I, for the first time, really, I thought, oh, retirement, that seems like a good idea. Yeah. Well, you are near that age now. <laughs> well, I'm. Uh, it, it's not the age that's the problem. It's the actual pension that's the issue. Uh, yeah, but I'm all, I'm all right, really. And it was it was good spending time with you. Thanks for coming on. Oh, we great. loved it. We loved it. OK. Uh, notices. Do we have any church notices? We do. There are still spaces at Lee Abbey available. I, I, uh-huh. I doubt anyone's booked in, to be honest. But uh, if you did want to come <laughs> and spend five days in the company of Nick and I at a, in a lovely, a beautiful spot in North Devon uh, amongst the Christian community as well, uh, then uh, that's definitely what you need to be thinking about. It runs from June the 6th to June the 10th this year. And um, what more can I say? It should be good. Depending on whether Nick speaks well or not, really. Well, I would have thought, depending on 
pandemic as well, really, when yeah. it happens. Really. Surely. Delay. Oh, surely it won't keep going on. Yeah. Now, I noticed last year they opened the week after we were due to speak. I'm not taking it personally. I just noticed. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that, that is true. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, Lee Abbey, uh, do come and join us. Oh. Um, that would be great. So uh, this week we were going to, as I said, we'd, we'd even recorded a sort of intro about our themes. We but did. I haven't really thought of one yet. Well, I, I have, but I I need to kind of think a bit more about it. So we'll, we'll push that over to next week, I think. Yes. Uh, so, but, but there is something I want to talk about later on. Trigger warning. It does involve the cricket. Oh, mm. OK. Right. Well, that's going to please all Australian listeners. Um, <laughs> so yeah. uh, let's let's just do a couple of bits of feedback, can we? Yeah, great. Yeah. OK. Uh, so um, first of all, from Matthew, who says this. Uh, hi, Joe. I've been caught up on the MFC back catalogue, but I'm afraid having listened to episode 108, there may be an irredeemable schism ahead. You name the birds in your garden, which, of course, is good and proper. And I hope one day Nick will see the light of the true way in this area. However, you called your Robin Bob, which is clear heresy to us here at the name unfailingly the Joy Offering Birds Bible Seminary. Or nut jobs for short. <laughs> well done. Thank you, Matthew. Appreciate that. Because Bob is what you have to call the common wood pigeon as they bob their heads when they walk about, and Bob and Bobina for when things are clearly a little amorous. Unless you are prepared to repent of your clear divergence on the truth, I will have to leave the MFC community and set up my own podcast. Although, as I'm a bit pressed for time, inspiration and talent, it'll just be your podcast uploads with all the bird name related errors it edited out. <laughs> I'm sure Ethel is approving of the nut job's position on this and I can count on her support in setting you straight. Blessings despite your heresy, Matthew. So you shouldn't call a Robin Bob. Yes. It's an odd thing to be picked up on. <laughs> to be fair, it, it's more important than most of the things that heresies get, yeah. heresies get made up of. Yes, it, is. it has a certain more gravitas. All I want to say about that is it's a slightly redundant issue, I'm sorry to report. Because Bob has clearly gone to heaven now and is with oh Jesus. Dear. Yep. Sorry to sorry to put a spoiler on it, but there is no Bob anyway. Um, but in our hearts, there is that song, isn't there, that goes when the red red robin goes Bob Bob Bobbing along. Yes, there so, is. Yeah. I think you're on pretty good ground. I think so. Bob. Anyway, Bob is no more. <laughs> it's the late Bob. It's the late Bob. He has ceased to be. Exactly, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> okay. Talking of acronyms, so acronym in there, nut jobs. That was very good. good, I thought. Isn't it true that at Spurgeon's you were part of a cohort called Baptist Union Ministerial we Students? We were bit right? Baptist Union Ministerial Students. Yes, we were. Let's just never fail. And they really did use those. <laughs> they really did use the acronym, which was even more no. offensive. <laughs> oh dear! It's oh yeah. I I I don't want to say any more about it. Um, <laughs> though I could. Um, anyway, moving on from acronyms and yes, and and so here's one from Steve who says this: Dear Joe and Nick, hope you are both enjoying your Christmas holidays. I've been chewing over a couple of thoughts recently, which I'd welcome your thoughts and perhaps those of your listeners on a couple of areas. First, he says, I recently visited the wonderful Christmas lights and festive trail at Blenheim Palace. Uh, the trail took visitors through the palace, which was decorated magnificently, and with the last room being the Palace Chapel. 
In the chapel was the opportunity to write your wishes and hang them on a tree, which reminded me of the many times I've seen something similar at church, prayers being written and then hung on a tree, cross or something similar. So my question is, is there much difference between a wish and prayer if someone's heart and intention is right? Folk often say God knows our desires. So do we need to start a prayer slash wish with dear God and in the end with in Jesus name? And if someone wishes for something good, does adding particular phrases at the start and end make this any more powerful? Uh, that's mm. a good point. And then number two, he says, I was attending our local service a few months ago and the sermon was on the possessed man and how Jesus commands the demons out of the man and into the pigs. Matthew 8 verse 28. A few random thoughts crossed my mind. Why the pigs? Why did Jesus enter into a negotiation with the demons? What about the people that owned the pigs and had their livelihood ruined? Did the pigs ruin the local water supply after they drowned and most likely rotted, etc.? So whilst Jesus did a great thing, how much disruption did he cause as a result to the local community? And bearing in mind they were demons, why did he even entertain their request to be banished to pigs? And by the way, did the demons survive to go on and possess someone else after the pigs had perished? Almost seems as though this one act of love left a small trail of destruction behind him, or am I missing something? He says, keep up the good work and here's to a better 2022. Uh, loving the podcast. Thank you. Well, well good questions. <laughs> they are good. So let's let's go back to that uh, first question. Mm. And uh, what do you think? Uh, what do you think about that one? Um, so, you know, prayers and wishes. And is there a difference between those two? If you add add a certain phrase at the beginning and end, and if you put it on a cross rather than a Christmas tree. Well, I think I think it's the difference is is who to whom are you addressing this? Mm. So if you're sending it to Father Christmas, it's. It's, it's not a prayer. It's not really a prayer. Mm. I, I think that's exactly what Steve says, really. I think the point is, mm. yes, of course a prayer is a wish, or they can be wishes, depending on what you're praying about. And and that's not mm. wrong, is it? Why would it be wrong to use that language? If I wish for mm. something to be different, yeah, that, that that's perfectly okay. Yes, exactly. So I, I think it is about who you address it to, just as sort of an expression of love towards or affection towards a, a, a friend is one thing, but towards God, it's 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 the same kind of basic mm. impulse. It's just addressed in a different direction. So okay. I wouldn't see any differentiation between them. You're just expressing it to God. Okay. Okay. What do you yeah. think? Uh, I like that. Uh, I yes, I think I think for the sake of brevity, I completely agree. I think it is. To, I think I agree with him that it is to do with intention of heart, mm. and I think you're right. I think. One is a wish to who? Well, to who? If it's to God, then I guess it's clearly a prayer. Because prayer takes many forms. Mm. Yeah, okay. I mean, the second one, the pigs. Yeah, the pigs. I I think this story, what gets missed in this story is the political dimension of it. Um, right. Which is a little bit specialised, I, I agree. But, but the thing is, they're in Gentile territory. So, yeah. uh, you know, that's why there were pigs there. You wouldn't have them in mm. Jewish territory because sure. for obvious dietary things. So for a start, they're in Gentile territory. Secondly, there's a whole load of language that is used that we don't really pick up on, which is military language. So the demon's name is legion. Yeah. Legion's sure. a military term. It means, you know, um, of, I think it's 6,000 soldiers. You know, no. so it's it's a kind of military invasion this this thing um, right 
and the emblem of the legion that was actually stationed in that area was a wild boar. Was it really? Yeah. This is information I did not have. So okay. So I think that might explain why everybody wanted Jesus to get out of the way quickly. Because he's made a an overt political statement there. I mean, also, the, the thing about the, the pigs sort of going in the water, obviously there's a, an Old Testament thing going on there about the pharaoh's chariots and all that kind of stuff. There's an emblematic, a, a destruction sure. of yeah. another army. Yeah, sure. So um, I, think, I think I'm right in saying even the Greek word that Jesus uses for the, or that Luke uses for the group, which is... Um, a herd of pigs. It's not the normal kind of word that mm. you would use, but it's actually sometimes used as soldiers as well, a band of military recruits, I think. So, okay, so in other words, I think there's a lot, there's a lot of symbolism going on in this thing, and we miss out. And you've talked about this in the past. We miss yeah. out the political, radical nature yeah. of Jesus every time. Yeah, absolutely. And what he's doing, and I think this is to do with, uh, it's a, it's like a lot of Jesus' actions. There's no. If you look at it rationally, there's no need for them. But there's a symbolism, mm. there's a kind of communication exactly. going I, on. I was going to say, there's all, miracles are always a sign of something. So, you know, we can we can have our fun conversations about did this literally happen or was it, a, you know, was it put in edited in afterwards and are miracles real and or not? And, you know, all of which is to completely miss the point of why it's in the Bible. It's there because it means something mm. and we need mm. to find out what that meaning is because the meaning will still be deeply relevant. Yeah, and um, it's multi-layered, I think, in, in that in that sense. And so I think I think there's this political dimension to it. I think it's a symbolic mm. action, um, really. Uh, well, that's a that's brilliant. You're very good at this sort of stuff, aren't you? Yeah, well, well I, I, I I wrote about it. I, well, shall I put? I could um I could find the page and put it up on the. Yeah, do I'll put a link. Brilliant. Okay. Well, you're good at this. Thank you. I just thought it meant that Jesus didn't like pork as much as I do. There you are. <laughs> hey, we all take from it some form of uh meaning <laughs> well i mean yeah this is certainly a different way of cooking it i suppose is to plunge it <laughs> plunge it in salt water i suppose it would work um, it is. anyway there we go uh, so i think i think it's it's capable of a lot of interpretations but that would be the one i would put on here thank you to others who wrote in and sorry if we don't get around to all your emails there's some brilliant brilliant emails that come in um some of them are about christmas so we've sort of slightly put them to one side some of them are just too clever and brilliant um, for us to even begin to answer and others we just don't simply don't have time for mm. so thank you but thank you i've answered them all i hope if you ever feel you've sent an email in that hasn't been answered do send me another one and pull me up on it but i hope i answer all of them yes i mean we do have a policy obviously of not including anything that's going to make us look more ignorant than we were in the first place so that's a... <laughs> yeah i mean it's going to be hard but... <laughs> I think the ignorance is there for every everyone to see. By yes, now. we we're not we're not we're generous with our ignorance. I like to think <laughs> we spread it around. Uh, listen, we were gonna we should be doing our themes. And uh, for those of you who don't know what the themes are, I'll put a link in the show notes to other episodes where we talked about our themes for last year. And we will pick up yes. on that. I think I really I do yes, want to will. talk about that uh, next week. Um, but I thought it would be good to talk about a bit about planning here okay. and about yeah. Yeah. some. I've been trying to reflect spiritually on one of the great sort of pains and disasters of our time, mm. which is uh, England's 
cricket team in Australia. <laughs> um, it's painful. <laughs> Have you seen all the memes at the moment? No. Because Djokovic. Oh, Djokovic, as you know, famously, currently, as we're recording, is is going to be deported. Oh, right. Because he doesn't fulfil the uh, correct criteria for being vaccinated. Yeah. And it's it's split uh, Australia. They're very concerned about. It. But of course, now there's lots of memes about <laughs> the England team saying they really shouldn't be allowed to stay. <laughs> <laughs> They're contesting this right to stay. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Move, moving on. Yes, the cricket. I don't think you could technically be deported just for being crap. I think that's. <laughs> I think it's a very valid reason at the moment. <laughs> No, the thing is, right, so I'm not going to dwell yeah. too much on the cricket because I do know no, that for no. many people, that they hear, like my wife, for example, not that she listens to the podcast, but if she heard the word cricket, that would be it. They would, the eyes would glaze yeah. over in any sport, yeah. and I don't want it. But what's happened, basically, is that, that, that um, everyone in England is now reflecting on the preparation for this, on whether we've yeah. actually got any kind of structures in place that would make success, um, you know, likely... <laughs> You know, yes, uh, and and the general feeling is that well, what else did you expect? You know, you've got players, and it, part of it's COVID and things like that. So you've got players who've yeah, been separated from families, and you've got you've got bubbles, and you've got no real preparation. But but part of it is the kind of if you don't make any preparation, then what yeah. really do you expect? And if you relegate, as we have in mm. England, the long ball, the long form of cricket, so the three day, four day cricket, to to the you yeah. know to the edges, then what? Yeah. This is the natural outcome. So so I, it's that that I kind of wanted to talk about because it made me think about how much do I plan or prepare for success or failure? And is that something that actually you could apply to spiritual formation? Hmm. Yeah, no, interesting point. I think, I think what I'm talking about is what do I have to put in place this year in order to hear more from God. We don't really talk about it very much because I think, because maybe it touches a bit on what we just talked about with the miracles, you know, because we've got, a f and prayer, because we've got a faith that believes in, in the miraculous, often we don't actually want to talk about the mundane. We want to talk right. about the ordinary, the, the, the everyday sort of routines and things like that. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, you've often talked about spiritual formation in terms of training. Yeah. And and that's, exactly. I think, where this comes in. It's kind of like, how do we actually train for success? Can we plan for success in, in the spiritual life? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure I'm sure that's true. And I'm sure that's, you know, we've, we've talked before about how much people hate this word spiritual disciplines mm. and all that for, for, for obvious reasons, because it sounds painful and it. It, it, it rings of legalism and you know all those things we want to sort of distance ourselves from but you know as um as dallas willard you say you, you know you're never going to follow jesus by accident your default position will never be following jesus because it's hard yeah. and 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 you gotta you have got to train for it and that's exactly what it means to be a disciple of jesus to train to become like it but you know it's you know, great. And there's but the good news is there's lots of grace. You know, it's it's like, you know, training allows for a bit of failure along the way, allows for learning, allows for falling over and getting it wrong and then learning from that and getting back up and going again and everything. Whereas I think once we get stuck in that, oh, I'm such a sinner, I can't, you know, that 
we lose yes. sight of yes. that part to it. So, so I think training's a really helpful analogy. And I think, you know, as we've we said many times and, and quoted Dallas for that, you, you know, grace is opposed to earning, not to effort. So, so, you know, God loves you. End of story. Whatever you do with the rest of your life, that's that's the undeniable truth. But if you want the abundant life that Jesus was offering, do, do you know, not to earn God's love. But if you want to live in harmony with God, that that will take a bit of training. Mm. It, interesting that one of the things that I think is is noticeable about sports generally, a lot about a lot of a lot of um, things is the role of confidence. You know, if you mm. feel confident about it, or you, yeah, you know, it makes such a difference. Whereas if you're in a bad spell, you lose confidence. Yeah. I think a lot of um, coaches and people would say that is one of the, the almost the most important factor. You know. Because mm. you can do a lot of the other stuff, but if you lack confidence, and maybe that's, can we could link that with that view of God, that if you don't mm. have the confidence that either God is interested or God is here, loves you, or God is even there, mm. then yeah. again, that's going to affect, you know, any engagement with, with spiritual things, really, because yeah. why would he, why would you want to spend time with that? You just think you're going to be, you're going to be cast out the minute you get in <laughs> through the door, as yeah. it were. And if your view of God is this kind of tyrant in the sky who's constantly displeased and mm. waiting for you to slip up, which I think is where we all start with our notions of a divine being, you know, all-conquering, all-powerful, um, very fearful. Um, it's interesting that angels, when they tend to appear in the Bible, their first words are fear not. Mm. Mm. You know, so there's a new way of thinking about the divine. The the uh, the other thing I think is you often hear about teams is you know the difference it makes if you play without fear. So mm. if you are if you think you are going to be criticised for every little mistake, you're going to become a sort of conservative kind of uh, retrenched mm. player. You're not going to risk anything, mm. you know, try anything mm. because you you're going to get torn apart. So again, that do not fear becomes quite important with that. And and maybe that's that's what's wrong with this analogy in some respects is that you know I'm talking about how do we plan for success, but mm. is there really success in the spiritual life in that sense? In other words, if you have a prayer time, for example, or you put time as time of solitude, let's let's say one of these mm. practices, and really, absolutely nothing happens. <laughs> you, know, you just sit yeah. there. <laughs> is that a failure? Yes. I don't know if it's fair to look at it as a failure. Actually, I think it's that's where the, the analogy slightly falls out. I think, but you know, is it is it or is it just one of those things, or is it? Can we just be more merciful towards it and go, well, okay, that you know, that was just a nice sit down, and maybe that's yeah. what I needed at that point. Um, so I wouldn't want to press it too much on that. But I suppose the point I was trying yeah. to make is, it's the sitting down bit. That's that that lays the yeah. groundwork for engagement. It, in other words, it's the practices, it's the structures, it's the things yeah. we put in place in life. And I don't think I have enough of those at the moment, or at least I think they've slipped. Yes, there's some. There's definitely some holding structures. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I agree. People spend their time hoping that God will show up, and and by the grace of God, sometimes that happens, and you know that that's great mostly they don't actually do anything which would make it more likely that they might recognise it when when God did appear. 
Um, right, yeah. And that's that's what I wanted to think about going into this new year. What, what can I plan? How can I put in? What can I put in place this year that will enable that encounter to happen? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I think that's great. But I want to emphasise the point we we just made earlier. If you're a person who who is is feeling confident that you are loved, that that's the first truth about you, mm. unconditionally you are loved. This is a great conversation to be having. You know, it really makes sense to have this conversation about, well, what are some of the things I could engage in that would, you know, bring about this kind of life and energy that I'm wanting to see, this Christ-likeness is reflected, where I can, I can be exhibiting more love and joy and peace and everything. It's a brilliant conversation to have, but if you still have this kind of i've got oh i'm such a disappointment to god and oh i just can't do it you know if you're in that place a conversation about spiritual disciplines is a terrible thing it sounds like what you're talking about um and i think this is sometimes something churches haven't always realized or or people like me who preach sermons haven't always appreciated if if most of your congregation are in that place don't start telling them they've got to pray for half an hour a day and that's good don't start telling don't put anything else on top they already feel terrible enough about how woefully inadequate they are without you talking about fasting and you know setting aside time and all all the rest of it so so i'm conscious that as we have this conversation potentially there's two sorts of listeners There's, there's those whose interest has suddenly peaked and have gone yeah that's an interesting concept yeah, how could we train for that? Oh, what 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 are they going to say about this sort of thing? Mm. And there are others who are going, uh-oh, I can feel my energy leaving now because I know that you're going to start talking about things that I just don't feel like, oh, I can't possibly do anymore. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's where you have to get back to the joy of it, mm. don't you? So yeah, why, absolutely. You know, you have yeah. to get back to that playing without fear, the idea that God is uh, mm. cheering you on from the stands rather than standing with a... Uh, uh, yeah, a, a yeah, clipboard a whip waiting yeah, to give you the, yeah. the hairdryer treatment at half time or whatever. You know, that <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Find the model of God that actually reflects the true nature of God. Yes, exactly. And that's not one of those old fashioned kind of sporting coaches, yeah. or, or 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 to change the metaphor, you know, it's not like Alan Sugar who's going to fire you. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, right. <laughs> it's not like that at all. Yeah, it's it's. No. it's it, it's somebody who 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 has loved you into existence. It's a loving parent teaching their child to walk. Yes, you know, yes. knowing what's best for them, being patient, caring for them, saying you you've got this. Yes, we, you yes. know, we can do this yeah. together. Trust me. <laughs> so get the basics right. And another another sporting analogy. I mean, the basics is how do you view God, really? Anyway, yeah, that was exactly. all I thought about. I try. I suppose I'm trying to make the best out of a psychologically damaging you know event in my life just waking up every good. morning to another <laughs> it's always learning story <laughs> but i feel i, th- I think it, why is I, why have i pulled that out is partly because i'm aware that in my own life i haven't got the structures in place i'm not a big i agree with you i'm not i think structures yeah. can be over emphasized people often i used to do this people often sort of say mm. i need a rule of life and that will sort everything out and whereas a rule of life just makes you feel worse generally about all the things yeah, that you're no. not doing. So I, I don't do that. And we'll talk about this next week in the themes mm. thing, because that's why we go. Yeah, for, no, no. That's why we go for themes and not for New Year's resolutions. Yeah. It, it, but I 
but you've got to exactly. have some yeah. sort of practices, I think. No, 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 it's really true. really help you. And, and it's funny you say this, and this isn't to preempt next week, but I had this conversation with someone just this morning, oh. a Christian I very much respect, saying, the strange thing is I've spent all these years ranting against quiet times and just this ridiculous idea of read the Bible, <laughs> pray, sit down, pray, go through your acts, acronym, yeah, and do all yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. And now I love a quiet time. I mean, I don't do those things in my quiet time, but I was down on the beach yeah. this morning. And, and that is a holding pattern. I mean, it does something for me. When I don't do it, I really miss it. I mean, it helps that the weather was reasonable. Um, but sometimes it's great to be down there when the weather isn't reasonable, yeah. uh, when it's windy and wet and rainy, because it still does something very positive for my soul, uh, which is good. Anyway, anyway, there you go. The spirituality of cricket well i would like to round off this episode with a poem if i may oh please do well so this is by the absolutely fabulous brian bilston we've mentioned him before we will doubtless mention him again because he's he's just brilliant and um and this is a poem that's you know fun uh, as always as it always is by him but also a little bit thought-provoking as well. And it's also to encourage you if you feel a bit like, oh, he didn't do as much last year as he thought. Just chill out a little bit. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so this is called This Was the Year That Was Not the Year. This was the year that was not the year I repaired the bathroom tap and emptied out the kitchen drawer of a lifetime's worth of crap. This was the year that was not the year in which I launched a new career. A West End hit eluded me, as did Time Person of the Year. This was the year that was not the year I became a household name. Action figures were not sold of me. I wasn't made a dame. This was the year that was not the year I spent less time on my phone. Nights of passion did not happen in boutique hotels in Rome. <laughs> this was the year that was the year I didn't get that much done. Much the same as the year before. Much like the one to come. <laughs> Love Brian Bilston. Yeah. <laughs> but we shall have a little bit of hope. Yes. Um, as we look forward uh, to 2022 and the year ahead and how we can actually stop fretting and enjoy a bit more of it. Eh? Absolutely. Well, thank you to everyone who's listened. Uh, thank you to everyone who contributes to the podcast. We're very thank grateful. You. Um, hmm. we will be back with you next week I guess we sure will and uh, <laughs> you look quizzical about that we will be back well next week. you know I'm trying to keep it open you know who oh, yeah, knows good, what's yeah. going to happen yeah exactly um, <laughs> you know anyway I'm planning on it uh, <laughs> you know because we're oh, planning no. we're planning for success now aren't we <laughs> yeah absolutely so what could what could possibly go wrong nothing <laughs> anyway we'll see you next week yeah, have a great week, everyone. 